1: It's
2: your call for the best college football coverage from national signing day to the national championship and everything in between. CBS sports presents the cover three podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli, That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Connell. I'm Chip Patterson. The win totals continues to roll on the ACC Coastal Division. You can find in your feed, but that's not all that you can find in your feed. No, we want to make sure that our win totals episodes, we give you every minute possible that we've got available to give you these winners. We are counting them up. We want to know how many games you're going to win this fall, but... Man, like the whole conference realignment world continues to shift. So what we're going to try to do uh, here as we continue to look at sort of the next month on the Cover 3 podcast is we're going to keep the win totals, win totals. And for conference realignment updates, we're going to pop in and we're going to give you uh, those uh, those takes, that information, those observations. You'll look for the sirens in your feed. So, um, I mean, gentlemen, since we're going to put the business to uh, to the side, are you guys ready to count them up?
3: Yes, as much as I
2: think that's the the under Count is a safe up. play, like I can't even.
3: Count 'em
0: up. up! How many games are gonna win this fall?
3: I can't fathom who wins. How many games
0: are gonna win this fall?
2: I just can't. I don't see it. It's not it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere.
0: So the ACC Atlantic Division, we're going to start at the top of the odds board. All these odds were pulled via William Hill this morning. Um, we'll wait till the end. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and dive in. Uh, the Clemson Tigers over under win total set at 11 and a half. We largely expect this to be... Um, I mean, a national championship contender, the ACC favorite. Uh, I look at this team and see uh, one of the best defenses in the country, one of the most anticipated full season debuts of DJ Uyonga Lele, who is 6'5", 250 pounds and can throw it 70 yards. Like this is, It is a, a singular focus for me on the offense that allows me to overlook any concerns that I've got about offensive line, how you replace Travis Etienne. Uh, wide receiver room is very talented on paper, though I think that we have seen in recent years. The production hasn't always equaled the potential. This is a schedule that starts with Georgia on a neutral you know, South Carolina is not really intimidating. rest of the non-cons not going to do anything for you. Uh, in terms of the ACC schedule, North Carolina and Miami are not on this slate for the Tigers. So 11.5 to me comes down to uh, what you think is going to happen September 4th in Charlotte. Now, do you think that there's another loss out there? Maybe. What are we doing with 11.5 for Clemson?
1: Under. Principal? a principle under i mean it's i'm not betting on a team to go 12 and 0 even if clemson's very much capable of going 12 and 0 but like you mentioned they open the season with georgia another team that's going to be competing for a playoff spot can fancies itself a national title contender and they're doing it with a new quarterback who has started before so at least he's got that experience but still it's not like this is the clemson team with trevor lawrence coming back as a you know as a junior in his fourth season or whatever to start this is DJ Uyongalale in his first season as this, you know, the number one starter the young question guy going against one of the best teams in the country in the very first game of the year? We see it every year with, in college football, where like the crazier results tend to happen in the first two weeks of the season than at any other time of the season. But even if they get past Georgia, I would agree that, like, for what a Clemson schedule can typically be, the Georgia game is huge, but after that, it does get pretty easy because, mm-hmm. like you said. They're not playing Miami. They're not playing North Carolina. When you look at the rest of their division, there's like a lot of teams that could finish second, but there's no clear challenger or no real obstacle to Clemson. But that said, it's still an ACC schedule and strange things do happen. And it is difficult to get through a season without a loss, especially if you look at like one stretch in mid-October starting after the bye They're on, they're at Syracuse on the road on a Friday night, which, okay, that's probably going to be fine, but hey, it wouldn't be the first time Clemson went to Syracuse on a weeknight and lost, but that followed up with Pitt on the road, then you get Florida State at home, and then you're back on the road again for Louisville, so that's kind of a tricky stretch where maybe something could happen, maybe you slip up, and then, of course, you finish at South Carolina, and who knows how that team's going to look this year, but. There's, there's always a chance in a rivalry game. So even if they get past the Georgia game, I think the odds of them going undefeated greatly increase, but I'm still comfortable thinking that there's a possible slip up along the line somewhere.
4: Totally agree. Uh, under for me is, it's not one that I'm, I'm rushing to, to hammer, uh, but I, I do think that if you want to take the over, you had better be betting them against Georgia. Because like to me, that means you basically think they're, what, 75% or better to beat Georgia because even if you have them at 95% to win all of their other games, uh, there's still room for a loss there. We, we, we've seen this team slip up and lose to a pit in the regular season. doesn't happen every year, but it, it's they, they don't go undefeated in the ACC on a yearly basis. Uh, although they recently they have recently,
0: a- which has also gone with like the raised level of talent. Yeah. And Trevor. Yeah. Without a doubt.
4: And, and, I, and I do like DJ a lot. Here's the other thing, right? Clemson is not one of the vaccinated teams. So for me, there is no way in hell that I'm going to bet on a team that is not above the vaccination threshold to go to go undefeated. And if DJ gets hurt, like they could very easily lose a game because their backup is literally a walk on. So for me, it's it's the under.
3: Reed, under under <laughs> echoing all your guys' points. Um, breaking a new quarterback. I know he looks awesome. But there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a game where he struggles. Is it against Georgia? Probably, because I think he's going to have a tough. I think they have a tough time protecting him, and he's not as good of a runner as Trevor Lawrence was. Trevor Lawrence was really a running threat. So I'm curious to see how this offense evolves. Um, like you guys mentioned, I mean, last year, what was it Boston College had him on the ropes mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter? You know, like that. That was a team that they were expected to blow out. It's just historically. They have had a tendency to get lulled to sleep, to get complacent, to take an opponent lightly, to feel like, yep, we'll just flip that switch when it's time and we'll be fine. And last year they did it against Boston College. They came back. They won the game, but we've seen other years where it's come back to burn them. So I'm banking on the Georgia game is, you know, a coin flip of which way that game goes. And I know they're favored, but... I would probably slightly lean towards Georgia with the points early as we're way out from that game. And then, you know, if that's one opportunity, I can't pinpoint the game, but I've never been able to point pinpoint a Clemson loss that's not a big game. They just happen by surprise. So I'm going to take the under as well for the reasons you guys mentioned. Is, is I think you guys nailed it. Can, Can we knock out is- a
4: mailbag question since we have Danny here? Sure. It's related. OK, uh, we, we, we had a I can't find this in, in, in the Apple podcast reviews, but I know we got this because I, I wrote it down um, and I, I listened to all our shows. I don't think we tackled this. Somebody said, hey, why is DJ different than Cardale Jones? Right. Came in short sample, played really well. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your guys thoughts. I, I know my thoughts on it, but I'll, I'll, I'll go last.
0: I'm coming from y'all. I'm coming from the 24-7 profile. I'm talking about like rave reviews and, and just the the way that um, he's been discussed, the way that he could have gone somewhere else and been a, a starter last season in, in 2020. But yet, you know, the, the general uh, consensus of all of my research of what DJ Uyunglele is and what he can be playing to his potential, even at the college level, I just... I, like you say, uh, talking about a runner... I I think Trevor could run around and buy people. I think DJ is going to run through run over, some people yeah. like he's, and they even did it a little bit. Cause remember the, the Boston college and Notre Dame games, one of the common threads was that Travis Etienne and the traditional run game really struggled. And so it was uh, having to make plays, Dinkin and Duncan to Amari Rogers and Cornell Powell and having to make plays with his feet where he just had to go and, and just lower his shoulder into somebody. And, and luck, luckily he's got the size for it. I, I believe that um, I did not know, and if I had, if I missed it, then it is my oversight. But I do not remember Cardale Jones's profile um, ha- matching what I've heard and seen from DJU.
1: Yeah, it, it did not for sure.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, D- I think Cardale
1: Cardale had a huge arm. He wasn't the most mobile quarterback you're ever going to see. Whereas,
3: don't you think that describes DJ though? I don't think he's that mobile. No, I
1: think he could move. I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's got any shake or anything. I don't think he's gonna be like, you know, shaking people out of their shoes and getting around them and all that stuff. But like like Chip was saying, like in that Boston College game, they kind of just went into battering ram mode with him after a while to get the run game going. And I think he's capable of doing that. I don't think he's the kind of guy who you're gonna have a read option and he's gonna take off for like a sixty yard touchdown, right? Which
3: Trevor that, did against Ohio State to right, turn the right. game around, Exactly.
1: Right. But I do think he's gonna be able to get you five, six yards a pop and pick up some first downs with his legs when there's nothing there. And Trevor had the long speed.
3: And, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. I mean, just to keep a defense honest. I also think Cardell Jones, when he won the championship with them, had incredible talent around him. That's the other issue is they've lost some talent at running back and wide receiver. Now they have some young talent to replace it, but there's a lot of inexperience along that side of the ball. We saw the offensive line struggle against Ohio State. That's been an issue that's been mask, masked at Clemson by mobile quarterbacks. So that's one thing I'm just kind of curious. Again, George is probably the most significant challenge. Can they mask that issue for a game? Yes, but I think it could be significant. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I can see Clemson win this game, but I could see DJ struggling, getting hit more, you know, you're going to see a side of him. Now I think they could still win that way, but I think it's going to be an issue for them early while they're kind of figuring their way. So
1: also I just ahead. want to say because I could see the the tweets coming Trevor Lawrence can be used as a battering ram too they just didn't for obvious reasons. Yeah,
0: sure. I mean so I I have a, a vision of Clemson football that could go 12 and 0, 13 and 0 ACC champion and really just lean on defense and DJ getting it done. Now if we turn on that Georgia game and all and a Joe a Joe is on one side and Joseph Nagata's on the other. And we're seeing Dakari Collins and Bo Collins come in and start to flash. And DJ is just letting that arm loose. Cooked. That's it. Like, I, there's a little sliver for a Pittsburgh. There's a little sliver for, you know, maybe if you want to jump on Louisville. We'll get to Louisville a little bit later on in the show. But at Pitt was the game that I circled. I said, if there's one ACC game, Pitt, Pat Narduzzi has beaten Dabo before and, you if it gets weird or if Hunter Helms has to come in and, and be the starting quarterback, that's a game that Clemson could lose. But if we see against a very good Georgia defense, DJ and this Clemson offense look unstoppable, it's a wrap on our pick right here.
1: What, I, what's what's going to be annoying is if you take the under here and Clemson loses that game against Georgia, the season opener, you've already won the bet, but depending on where you place the bet, you might have to still wait three months before
3: it actually cashes out. <laughs> When you said under, I know you love unders. Clemson Georgia game, give me the under. I don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> but looking at Clemson's defense, the and and plus the hype around JT Daniels, the expectation that they're going to light it up, I think the total is going to be a little bit elevated. So I'm early early locks episode. I'm leaning <laughs> under with the right to change my ride. I, I have reserved the right to change that bet, but that's where I'm that's where I'm thinking now. Early. Also, I I do think. Um, even though Chip, you, you took under as well, right? Yes.
4: Even though we we are unanimous on the under, um, on the positive side for Clemson, hey, I, I I do love DJ. I think their defensive line is going to be the best it's been uh, since 2018, right? L- last year it was down. You have a lot of these young pups who who they signed who were just probably a year away. Xavier Thomas had had some health issues. Uh, he should be back. I, I think Brian Brzee is going to absolutely kill it. Malik, you know, M- Murphy's already really, really good player. And, you know, like they got guys who we knew in high school were studs who were maybe just coming along a little more slowly, like like, like part, you know, was, was, was a five-star type kid. How about KJ Henry? Right, who we don't even mention. Right. You, you know, so there is a the, – the path to them going over is they get past Georgia, and their defensive line just physically overwhelms everybody else they play in the ACC. And you're sitting here, you're like, damn, nobody could block them.
0: Yeah, it's, and that is and that is a, a way that they can go 13-0, and 0, even without the offense taking the next step. So I, I am on the under. It's a matter of principle. 11 and a half. It's too many daggum wins, especially when they're only favored by like three and a half or four points for the opener of the game. But I would not be surprised if this pick is off. How many games are you going to win this fall? So then you take a massive jump down from 11 and a half because, Tom, you mentioned it. There's a lot of teams that could finish second in the ACC's Atlantic Division, but there are one, two, three, four, four teams separated by half a win, five teams separated by win and a half. Uh, I pulled the most recent numbers from William Hill this morning. The top of that pile right now is Boston College at seven we got we don't have all round numbers guys don't worry but uh seven wins for boston college i think that jeff halfley got a lot of credit for what he did last year and you've got phil Dracovic back um zay flowers is one of the best wide receivers in the acc a lot of questions to answer on the defensive side of the ball lose a good tight end and hunter long as well in terms of that passing game how are we feeling about the eagles in the second year of the jeff halfley era
4: I, i think this is an underplay personally um, I I know you have to lay, or no? Actually, unders what plus one ten? Um, I'm so seeing that,
3: even and, odds for both. I'm seeing uh, minus one ten, minus one ten. Oh, uh, I Those I did days. these on on. Is it still minus one ten? I was showing minus one thirty to the
4: over mm-hmm. uh, and even to the under. Um, all right, well I I still like it either way. I I think Boston College's offense is really good. Um, I I'm kind of a believer in Phil Jerkovic, but. Uh how much better can that offense get? Last year, they actually, despite BC's reputation, they were not that good running the football. They, they had they had to throw it really well all the time. Defensively, they were flat out bad. Uh, I think they have one of the worst front sevens in the ACC. I don't see difference makers in that group. You can bully them up front. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm going to take under. But I'm a little bit scared of a couple things. Number one, I actually do think Jeff Hafley's is a really good coach. It concerns me.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost Bud. Boston College took Bud out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hafley Army out here.
1: I, I, I'm with Bud, though. I'm. Dang, me too. I, I'm confidently I'm under.
0: Not. Okay, good, good, good.
1: Oh, confident. Bring it, Fornelli. What you got? Well, I mean, it's it, if it's set at seven even, like, To go over they've got to get to eight wins i don't know how this boston college team is getting to eight wins like i could see seven but it's there's the approach i've been trying to take with the way last season went and the conditions last season was played in i'm trying not to take too much from that for certain teams and i feel like with this total where it's posted at for boston College they're taking last season a little too seriously because as Bud was talking about before, you, you know, Jeff Halfley took him down and I should probably watch my back right now. Like this was not a flawless Boston college team. They couldn't run the ball. The offense at times was very heavily reliant on just big plays through the passing game to keep drives alive, which is hard to do. The defense was not good at all. And it's like, I look at the schedule and I can see a path because if you look at the first two games of the year, Colgate, UMass temple, UMass and temple around the road, but Boston college should be winning all three of those games Mizzou at home. I think Mizzou is going to be pretty good. I don't think they're winning that game more times than not. Then you've got Clemson on the road. And it's like, when I look through the rest of the schedule, the only other obvious wins are maybe Syracuse on the road. And even that's on the road. So I can't just give it to them. So I could see them being good. I think Jeff Hafley's a very good coach and Boston college is not going to be bad, but I think six and six is a far more realistic expectation here than eight and four.
3: I'm on the other side. I am. And again, I wouldn't throw the the, throw the house, the kitchen sink at this bet, but I like the over I prioritize. And you've heard me say this in our uh, coastal total the other day, like, I'm a believer in culture, the direction of the program. Quarterback is really important. And I'm a believer that the health of the program is in a good spot. Like there's optimism this offseason. Uh, I think the quarterback is really, really stable. And there's an incredible upside to Phil Djokovic. I mean, he had a really good le- a year last year and didn't get a spring, came in late, learned the system was able to go out there and have a pretty impressive season. They got an entire offensive line returning. Mm. And then I think when you look at the schedule, some of those toss, because I think there's, I think they're three and Like I think you've got three wins in the bank early with the cakewalk that they have early. You start building confidence. Now, Missouri, probably a loss, Clemson, a loss. Then it comes to NC state, you know, then you start getting to some of these more toss up games, but of the toss up games, they have NC state, Virginia tech, Florida State, Wake Forest, those are four of them. They're all at home, and I still think they can beat Syracuse on the road. That's a fit, like, and there's an advantage to playing in Boston at you know in Chestnut Hill, and it's not the crowd. It's the sleepiness, it's the colder weather that some of the teams coming from the south aren't used to. Like a Florida State who could travel travel up there November 20th, it's you know freezing cold. Wake Forest, similar situation. So I'm going to take the over on Boston College. So Florida state, you think is a
0: win for Boston college?
3: Uh, I do, unfortunately, but that comes into play about, we're going to get to our Florida state total. I don't, I think Boston college is more stable right now as a program. And I think their roster and their defense may not be better, but I think they're more stable as we sit here right now. I'd have to say, yeah, that's probably a win for Boston college playing at home.
0: I think that Florida state, Boston College and Wake Forest played a round robin; they'd all go one and one. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know who ends up winning and
3: coming out on top of that. I and I'm not a. I I, I guess I am. I'm a believer in momentum and what happens and what unfolds. I think one of those teams could end up three and zero, like kind of depending on how the season starts off. Yeah, it's just really difficult to peg which one it is.
0: I've got the Missouri game as a loss. I think that one is a, a, a huge key in that one. I'm, I'm going under as my official play, but for seven, seven and five feels right. And eight and four sounds, see, that's going to require flipping Louisville, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, you know, flipping, flipping some of those games to the other side where I think I've got them as more likely losses for the Eagles. So it's like a push to under play for me. You good, bud?
1: Yep. Uh, for the spreadsheet, what what everybody take for BC? We're all on under, but Danny. Danny's on the over. Okay. Danny's the big BC believer. He's Let's a BCer.
3: He. <laughs> I've spent too much time with Joe Tessitore. Like he's texting me, just <laughs> grilling me. Man, this is the this is the regime. This is the coaching staff. This is our quarterback. Don't you,
0: haven't you called some games and it like blew your mind to Like go pick up like a paper and there's just no preview, no Saturday oh, yeah. preview. I mean, I
3: told you guys that story before I right. was in Boston, you know, and typically I'll go for a, a run the morning of the game and I'll go pick up a local newspaper. Like, is that's kind of like the final prep work. Cause you've talked to both teams, you've talked to the coordinators, maybe a couple players, and you kind of want to get a pulse of what the local feel is. And I remember picking up a Boston globe. And like, all right, here we go. And I turned to the sports section and it's all Patriots. It's all Celtics. It was all Bruins. Red Sox might've been finishing up their season in September. I could not find anything. And you go to any other school in the South and there's a dedicated game day section right. with yes. every position breakdown who has the edge and they're awesome to help with preps. So I was like, what is happening here? They just doesn't exist up there. There's a non, and living in Connecticut for five years, you realize college football is such an afterthought. There are a handful of college football fans, but by far, When you go around, people are Patriots, uh, Giants, Jets, Yankees, Red Sox, hockey, anything but college football. I would actually go for a run or a hike or something around town. And if I saw somebody with a cop, like it's so unique. When you see somebody, you're like, hey, college football fan. And half the time when you saw those, they're like, oh, Christmas gift. <laughs> you know, like they're not even, they're not even diehards. Where here you go somewhere and it's like, hey, you see somebody you say go Knowles, or if somebody's a gator, they're gonna give you a chomp back. It's just a totally different vibe living in the Northeast. Do they think it's cute? I don't think like it, would that be the I word
0: do. where it's like the, the general, like if we were to paint with a very broad brush, it's like, they think college football is like cute.
3: I do. I think that's a good, a good description. Cause it's not like they're critical of it. No. And I think some of them, they're intrigued by it. I had a guy that was my neighbor that I actually played golf with in Connecticut and his wife approached me and said, Hey, I want to get him a birthday gift for his 50th birthday. I want to take him to an SEC game. So I had him go to an LSU Bama game and he had never been before and kind of was one of those, I don't know. And he's all in like he, and he took Bama into like the last four national championship games, like all in on SEC. And a large part was because he met all these people at tailgates that were random and kind of just immersed himself as an SEC fan, even though he wasn't, didn't have anything to do with it, and you see what happens. Like It's, it's addictive, and it's, it is a familial uh, type of vibe, and it's awesome. That's why we understand yeah, it. Yeah, we some love people, it. Some people have to experience it to fully understand what it's all about. Did we, yeah. did we talk
4: when my internet was out about the, uh, the, like the back half of the schedule for BC?
3: Yes. Okay. And I gave you three of four of the final games which are at home.
4: Yeah, like so they it's get to play. Weather. They play their hardest game and their easiest game on the road. So like they'll lose on the road to Clemson. I think you'd rather play Ques on the road because it's not that hard of a place to play anymore. Um, you know you get you get Georgia Tech on the road, but like that's between when the when the Yellow Jackets play Miami and Notre Dame, so it's kind of a sandwich spot there for the Yellow Jackets. Um, and like a couple of their teams down the stretch could totally collapse, like Louisville. Are you, Hokies, are you flipping? Are you flipping to over right here? Mid show? No. Mid am I'm, I'm not, but this is not one that I just am rushing to bet. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Yes. It's more of like okay. a lean.
0: Count them out! The NC State Wolfpack. They are one of three schools that have an over-under win total at William Hill of six and a half wins. The non-con includes USF, Furman, Louisiana Tech, but also a tricky road trip to Mississippi State. No longer an FPI top 10 team. Apparently <laughs> they went under the hood, <laughs> found a loose screw, and in the recent update, Mississippi State, uh, and no longer in the top 10. But still, I am I will acknowledge that it, playing in Starkville, that is going to be a, a difficult spot for NC State. They have the top three teams in in the ACC on their schedule. Clemson, they play every year at Miami and North Carolina. So as we look at what they're going to do the rest of the season, do you see this NC State team being able to navigate what I would consider are a couple of very expected losses and also not avoiding uh, some slip-ups along the way, like an at Boston College, at Florida State, at Wake Forest, Louisville at home? Um, What do you make of 6.5 for the Wolfpack? Over. I'm clear by a game and a half. I got eight and four. I see a yeah, lot of I, value, and I'm like concerned that I have that much value.
4: If you sat down at ACMD today and, and you did your voting, there was like seven guys I left off my first team that are NC State guys who I would vote for for a second team. Like th- this is kind of one of those sneaky under the radar, they won't make noise nationally teams, but like they've got a lot of guys on this team who will either get drafted or who, I, in my opinion, will be like. You know, on a pro roster, maybe a pro practice squad. I, I, I played the over six minus 136 when this came out. I also played it like minus 115. And then a couple of shops hung five and a half, which is crazy. And a spot out in Vegas hung two and a half for the conference win total for a minute, which was Oops. a mistake. Uh, so if you bet that, you're probably going to get refunded there. Uh, but yeah, I, I have these guys at, at, at 7.5. So for me, this is one of the ones that, that I bet. Um, I don't love six and a half quite as much. I love six, obviously. Uh, but I, I, I make NC State uh, basically a dog of plus three or better uh, in all of their games except for Clemson and Miami. And they're also one of the sneaky teams that didn't have a new head coach last year, but they did have new schemes on both sides of the football. And so for me, they do kind of fall into that bucket of kind of newer coaching staff that maybe was impacted as far as installation by COVID. So for those reasons, I'm, I'm going over and it's, it's one of my stronger feelings in the ACC.
3: Danny. Over. Hit it. I say hammer it too. Um, 18 returning starters. From what we saw, Devin Leary, he looked, you know, really solid when he was back there. I mean, if Dave Dorn is a personality, let's say he's a Mike Leach or a Lane Kiffin, who you know, people are all in, like, hey, well, you saw what Lane Kiffin did last year. And I'm not saying he's the offensive mind, but if he's somebody who brings a lot of tension to the NC State brand. I think there's a lot of people who are excited about it, like saying, hey, this could be the team. He's as bland as it gets. I don't like anybody's a great coach. And I think the consistency, like in his tenure there, they've only had two seasons where they didn't get at least six wins. And it was his first year when they went three and nine. And then it was a couple of years ago where they went four and eight, but that was when after they had lost all the guys, at the NFL on the defense side of the ball that they were replacing. So I'm going to go with a team with a lot of returning experience with a quarterback who I think has an incredible amount of upside and with a coach that has a history of consistently putting out a winning product. And I think their roster is talented. I think they're going to have more talent against everyone, except for the three games that are the toughest games on their schedule. Clean sweep.
2: Yes. Over
1: an NC state (laughs) podcast. Like I I've been surprised cause I was, I'm also like all three of you, I'm very confident in this over and I'm surprised that the re- everybody else is like, some of you even seem more confident than I thought I was. Cause like, this is a schedule. Every you guys, everything you said is pretty much why I'm on board. I think this is a very talented team. I think it's a well-coached team. And I think that it's also in a division where there's plenty of room to maneuver and we've seen NC state already be the team capable of doing that maneuvering in recent years. And when you look at their schedule, like Clemson the only one you're like, okay, that's a loss. Everything else, NC State's capable of winning. It's going to be tough, but they can go on the road and beat a Mississippi State team that did not look very good last year, although I do expect to see some improvement there in year 200 Leach. They could go on the road and beat Boston College. They can go on the road and beat Miami. They could beat North Carolina at home. They could beat the Seminoles in Tallahassee. This is a good team with a lot of talent that I feel like nationally – is just like what you were getting to Danny is very much ignored or just unnoticed for what they've been able to do. But obviously I'm on a, I'm on a podcast with three ACC boys. So you guys, you guys are tuned in to what this team is capable of. And I'm happy that the four of us were, are we're, we're the Wolfpack
0: year nine for Dave Doran. And I think that what I've seen from him and the way he carries himself is that he is grown to be loved and and accepted by the nc state fans for just being him and so he just doesn't care anymore about trying to be that flashy young coach you know what he wants to do he wants to go to key west to a country music concert with his wife like he he wants to uh be able to just do the things that make dave happy he wants to go to the peddler in raleigh which is a dark dimly lit steakhouse where they bring out all the raw meat they say, bring out the peddler, and the peddler pulls this <laughs> card out. You say, do you want this much, this much, or this much? And they cut the raw meat right in front of your eyes, and go and take it to the grill. Like he just wants to do Dave stuff, and that might not create a whole bunch of national buzz, but it's it is a damn fine position to be the leader of the NC State Wolfpack uh, football program.
4: Chip, you live up there. Is he not like I don't know? Compared to what they usually have on the basketball coach side, and obviously their baseball coach, like is he not crazy enough? Like like doesn't it seem like 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 NC State always has just absolute crazy people at coach and he's just kind of just solid.
0: Keats you know, is well, just, Keats is pretty level right now. Okay, yeah. the new guy, yeah, at, at basketball, yeah. and because he came from Hargrave, so he's like I've been coaching at the military academy. You know, I've I, I got all my we're very very tight. Elliot Avent obviously a little bit loose. Um, you know, Chuck Amato, I guess, would be another one that you would point to there, but I I think that. Dave Dorn has done a really good job of finding that blend behind between like what North the state of North Carolina offers culturally and what he likes. Um, and uh, you know it comes down to good stakes and good country music. You can find all that in North Carolina. I'll bet on that. How many games are gonna win this fall? The Louisville Cardinals, a little bit under the radar because they Turned right around from the season. Did not play in a bowl game. Uh, did not have the record that we would traditionally think is bowl game ready. But hey, we saw Mississippi State go out there and start a fight after going like four and seven. Um, but Louisville actually got in early spring practice. They might have been done with spring practice in like the first or second week of March. So even when we're going through our like spring gleaning and spring practice, it, it's been kind of tough to feel like the Cardinals are, are all up in our news feed. But... Uh, Here we go. Year three with Scott Satterfield, over under of six and a half. The non-con is tough. They start on Labor Day night against Ole Miss. They've also got UCF, uh, but then they also get uh, Eastern Kentucky and I don't even see. Oh, Kentucky, obviously, uh, final game of the season. So where are we at with the Cardinals? uh, Over under six and a half.
1: Under I'm just I'm, this. This is a team that you know it loses at Atwell, it loses Javian Hawkins. These are these were big parts of their offense last year, and it's just you look at that schedule. Like it's it's not the easiest schedule in the world because you open the year with Ole Miss in Atlanta. That's going to be a tough game to win. It's they're capable of winning. It's just can they score as many points as they're going to need to? Because I think Ole Miss is going to be able to put up plenty of points on them. The Eastern Kentucky game, okay, uh, UCF. Not going to be an easy win in your non-con. Your other non-con game is Kentucky. Not going to be an easy game. There's a very realistic shot. This is a Louisville team that goes one and three in its four non-conference games. So now if that happens to get to the over, you know, to get to seven, they've got to go six and two in the rest of the ACC. And there's not much I know. Think about. I mean, they're going to lose the Clemson game. I think they're probably, you know, oh, that's your thing too. Like they start the non-conference with Ole Miss, EKU, UCF. That's a tough non-con. And then your very first ACC games are both at Florida State and a- at Wake Forest. And while we need I don't think any of us are super high on FSU and Wake this year, that's still two tough road games to start with. So we're looking at a possible situation where Louisville's two and four, one and five to start the season, and – maybe the bottom kind of falls out and we all know like there's always like with Satterfield flirting with other jobs things are kind of tenuous there if they get off to a slow start a lot of people that were upset with Satterfield for you know checking out other jobs in in recent times are probably going to start picking up steam in that direction again where they're going to be frustrated and let that out and who knows how that's going to impact the team so for me I think there's talent on this team. I think that they're capable of getting to a bowl game, and I think they're capable of having a good season. But for my money, when I'm placing my bet on what's most likely to happen, I think five and seven is more likely to happen than seven and five. So,
4: let not together, Intel,
1: six. like not together, Intel on in the locks pod coming up.
4: Is this one of your strong plays? It's one of my stronger plays. Yes. Okay. That scares me a little bit. Um, this is not a strong play for me, but I, I my numbers do say over. Uh, very slightly here I I, I like them against old miss perhaps a little more than than some do one of the main reasons why I'm taking over is because I feel like this number uh, is more strongly correlated to or you know basically made because of of what they were last year record wise which was four and seven but they were by most accounts the most unlucky team in the country last year they, they were 2 point8 wins below expectation right if you look at their postgame win expectancy stuff you know Fifty-nine percent against Miami, forty-nine percent against Notre Dame. Lost, lost. Seventy-seven percent at Virginia. Lost, sixty percent at Boston College. Lost. You know What is this number? If their actual win, you know, their record last year, matched the quality of play on the field, which is probably more seven and five, you know, seven and four than four and seven. Is this number a seven? Maybe a seven and a half. So I think for that reason, there's maybe a slight bit of value to the over there. But I'm not going to bet this with my own money. Um, I watched that Miami game, and really, like, Miami didn't physically bully them. Louisville was completely out of position on defense. So that's fair. But the Notre Dame game, it was so windy that Brian Kelly basically said, screw it, we're just going to run the ball every time. And I think that maybe that tricks the computer a little bit with some of the stats where it's like, all right, look, Notre Dame really couldn't open it up like they wanted to. They were pretty content winning that. And to your point as well, Tom, I think there is a chance for this team to potentially kind of, you know, quit, even though I think they were a better team last year than they were in Satterfield's breakout uh 2019. Mm-hmm. It's just the record didn't show it. They not only did they have to replace Atwell and Hawkins, though, like you mentioned, they also have
1: to replace Des Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And like the entire defense. <laughs> Which might be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 well, this is one of those ones
4: where like my numbers say over very slightly. When I graded these bet lean guests, this is firmly in the guess. I just – I can really argue this both ways, and for that reason, I don't really feel like betting it, but give me the over, I guess.
3: I, uh, I'm i taking the over too, but I hate it. I just don't like – I think it's in a void because my, my initial reaction was dumpster fire, drama, the Virginia – or the South Carolina flirtation, like all this stuff that came into play – Tells me, like, just jump off the ship. But I also look at what Bud is talking about. And if you look back at some of their losses, and again, earlier I said, hey, you know, coach and quarterback are things I prioritize. I think Malik Cunningham, if he picks, if he cleans up his game a little bit, he had 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions last year. The year before, he had 22 and five he had a turnover problem. He had three picks against Pitt, a game they lost by three. Uh, you know, there were a couple games which they lost in tight games. Virginia Tech, they lost by a touchdown. He had three picks. A couple of those games, if he just cleans it up, they, all, they might flip that and win those games. But, and I think he will, But then the coach is a conundrum. It's not like, well, what happens if they start off with a rough start the way and with all the issues that we're talking about? Do they throw in the towel? So I'm torn on this one. I'm going to take the over, but I don't love it. I'm going to take the over, but I think that bottom fallout is the
0: least likely scenario. Like, Mm. I think that Louisville could finish second in the division. Louisville could finish sixth in the division. We've got very, very high variance. You know, games like uh, Wake Forest, Virginia, Boston College, those games really could be, you know, going either way. But I am actually, I believe Scott Satterfield is a plus value coach, especially in terms of being able to make sure that a team doesn't quit. And I don't think he's going to quit on the team. And I have not gotten the sense that the Louisville players on the roster as they have been going through their off-season workouts and really trying to get ready for the season that they have any lack of faith in Scott Satterfield. And so I'm I think he's a really good ball coach and for that reason I will acknowledge that a couple bad breaks Louisville's not good enough to overcome a three interception game from Cunningham. Cunningham has to be better. I 100% agree with that, but I also think that we've got a we've got a high enough floor that I'm not going to I'm not going to feel too, I'm not going to feel as though Scott Satterfield is going to have this team quit on him. So I'm taking the over. Well,
3: go ahead. I was just going to add something too about the Satterfield situation. I think it burns boosters, athletic directors, fans more than it does the players. You know, I think players are able to, especially today's player. Are more aware of the business side. Of more aware of, hey, this is the way it goes. It's us against the world.
0: Someone else also and, suggested Scott's too honest. He's not yes. a good enough liar. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone right.
3: suggested that, we, we were getting it. drinks at the bar at <laughs> HTV Day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's what I said. But like, and that—that's where I don't know. That's where I feel like I'm in the dark. But I feel like maybe his team was like, oh. It's because he's a great coach. I mean, even I think some players that play there are probably like, hey, if I had an opportunity to jump the SEC, I might do it too. Like, I think players are able to compartmentalize that a little bit better. Now, they didn't like him anyway, but I feel like they liked him despite of that. You know, like I feel like they and I think he'll be able to win them back. That's why I'm more like like you're saying, I don't think the bottom falls out.
0: They could, they could go under. They could go five and seven or six and six, and I end up losing my pick right here, but I, I think that in terms of the long-term projection, I'm not too concerned about that. Coming up on the other side, the Florida State Seminoles have a number that does not line up with what many Seminole fans would hope would be a potential year two bounce for Mike Norvell. Are they going to go over that number, under that number, plus Wake and Syracuse next The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived.
2: Price and coverage match limited by state law. So before we get to Florida State, uh,
0: Wake Forest currently has a win total of six and a half. This is uh, a schedule for the Demon Deacons that includes uh, Army, ODU, Old Dominion, uh, Norfolk State, and do we have a North Carolina non-con game here?
3: Yep, North Carolina.
0: North Carolina is the non-con. Six and a half wins, what do we think for Dave Clawson in this spot? I'm going under, but I also am willing to put a floor at six. Like if you move this to six, I go over, but at six and a half, I go under. There are a few spots where I could maybe see this uh, flipping around. Like right now I've got NC State winning in Winston-Salem at Wake Forest. I acknowledge that Wake Forest has won 10 of the last 12 games at home against NC State, a streak that dates all the way back to 1997 through multiple coaches and through multiple editions of that rivalry where Wake Forest has, had better, has not had better players than NC State. It is a, a house of horrors of sort. Um, you know, Virginia is a closely aligned foe, but that game is in Charlottesville. So I think I'm giving it to the Wahoos. You know, we mentioned our, some of our confidence around Bronco Mendenhall, Virginia in close games. I I run it and I keep coming up with a a six and six. I don't see five and seven. It's a weird, so I'm I'm telling you my pick is under because I think seven and five is going to be a little bit tough. But at the same time, I, I don't think that this is a team that is sitting on the couch for the holidays.
1: See, I'm over. I'm, I'm surprised by your under. I thought you were a Dave Clawson believer.
0: I'm, I am a Dave Clawson believer. I think his program is doing great.
1: Not great enough to win seven games, apparently.
0: (laughs) Seven games? Listen, all right, so I got ODU, Norfolk State, Syracuse, Army, Duke, BC. Those are my wins. My losses are Florida State, Virginia, Louisville, UNC, NC State, Clemson.
1: Mm, Fair enough. I've got them going over. I'm not, like, highly confident in it. It's not like I'm sitting here saying this is a team that's going to win eight games and clear this total easily or anything. But I just think that this is a wake team that overperforms. And it's got a history of overperforming year in and year out. It's got a very good coach. It, it, it has an identity. It knows what it's doing. It does also have a lot of returning production from last year's team. And I do think that while the North Carolina non-con game on the road is probably very much likely going to be lost, loss, I'm not writing it off as a certain loss. And I do think the other three non-con games are all probably going to be wins. So I look at the rest of the schedule. And Virginia on the road, tough, but not, not impossible. Florida State at home. That could happen. Louisville at home, I think that could happen. Syracuse on the road, that'll probably be a win. Duke at home, that'll probably be a win. NC State, I, I go NC State's way, but again, it's not a lock. Clemson is the loss. At BC on the road, could be a win. So I, I think there's a very realistic path to seven wins here for Wake. So I'm, I'm going over, but again, not like a slam dunk. Give me the under here. Um, the the real deciding factor
4: is that you have to lay a dollar forty five to go over dollar mm-hmm. 45 the break-even point is 60 percent. so if you're going to bet the over you need to have at least 60 percent confidence right that, that that they get to seven wins i i can't get there right for me i'm going to go ahead and take the plus 125 to the under on this uh i have some concerns about the defense they need to figure out safety in the back end you know they they do lose boogie basham um I don't like Wake is not necessarily one of the teams that gives me the, the extreme confidence they can replace these guys easily, you know. And I think their road schedule, guys, to be honest, is tricky. For instance, at Syracuse, at Army, I think if you're going over, you need to be very confident that is two and zero, and and I'm not like I, I think that there's a chance that, that could be a one and one, right? You know, at UVA, throw it in there. Like there's there's some opportunity for them to lose on the road, even though they do get their two most difficult games on the road which i think is kind of a blessing here with unc and clemson on the road i love the receivers though i mean the, the receivers are with with roberson and green are studs if hartman takes the next step and we after the season we're talking about hartman like we like we talk about jerkovic then then tom is probably right here but for me i just can't get there where there you know, is a 60% chance for them to to have seven plus
0: Would it change your opinion if Donovan green is going to miss the entire 2021 season with an injury?
4: Did that just come out?
0: It was at media days.
4: Hmm. Oh my God. I totally missed that. That was right during the conference realignment stuff. Uh, well, since I'm already on the under, no, I think the the person (laughs) to ask is Tom.
0: Tom, Yeah. Because I'm with you. Like I think, I think Hartman and the offense cooks. I think I'm probably a little bit more concerned about, um, Just being, listen, I am more than happy and open minded about seeing this Wake defense step up and have some big time playmakers emerge. And maybe on the back end, they find some, you know, some real studs. But as I look at this team, I I think that they're going to be able to go out there and have some quick possession scores. But then on the other side, they might have trouble stopping stopping teams. And so that would be my number one concern for the Deeks.
4: Also, Nash, their right tackle, is a pretty good player, and he's out for the year as well. Like that, that kind of came out on on the twenty first. So that would have been, yeah, that would have been at media days as well.
3: They're going to persevere. These, <laughs> I hate these six and a half, six sevens. Like I hate these because it's probably going to be right around them. Yes. They're going to be tougher. Like I don't see a lot of value. I like the over, but what Bud and I had it written down here at the minus. I had minus one thirty five. And I kind of forgot to take those into consideration, just saying, all right, we're going to take an over under value standpoint. It's awful value, but I'm only in the over. I just, you know, if you looked at Sam Hart in the year that he had last year where he had uh, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. Do you remember what happened in their bowl game? It was four of Mm -hmm. the five interceptions. Yes. It was one of the worst, like, Oh no, he can't be throwing another one. Like anytime I had three interceptions, I would not take any chances whatsoever. I was like, there is no way I'm throwing a fourth. Um, But I think like, he's pretty, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. And I think there's going to be more likely scenario that we are talking about him like a Phil Dracovic at Boston college, like in, this is one of the things that's tricky about the ACC. I do think quarterback is a position of strength in the conference and all of these teams that we're talking about so far and their win totals. Like we've been, yeah, the quarterback's pretty solid. But to me, it, it does make it trickier to decide which direction they're going to go with. I feel like Clawson is a coach who develops players. You've got, you got some experience on the offensive line. Like, I, I don't know. I, I have a tendency to trust them, especially like, I'm looking at the first three games, and I would lean towards saying 3-0 and start, you know? And that includes a Florida State game at home, although we're going to do our Florida State win total, which may not make a whole lot of sense. But I do think uh, there's a chance. Then they could start 4-0. Like, if they get the ball rolling, like, this team could get hot. But I feel like that's going to be a necessity in order to get that, you know, over six and a half with the, the back end of their schedule being much tougher.
0: Count them out! The Florida State Seminoles over under win total will make you double take. It's five and a half. Now, it is a really, really tough schedule. They, um, like some other teams in the ACC, catch that Clemson, North Carolina, Miami draw. Um, You know, they've also got Florida as as their annual rival at the end of the season non-con you you're looking at Jacksonville state and UMass as being good opportunities, but now you're, Oh, and Notre Dame on the schedule, Notre Dame. Too, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame too. <laughs> so we're talking about, let's see, one, two, three, like four, five, five top 15 teams probably mm-hmm. for uh, a roster that is going to be leaning heavily on transfers just to be able to play at a competitive level uh, in the ACC and among its power five peers. So where are we at with uh, McKenzie Milton, Jordan Travis? Which which transfers excite you? Um, how, how do you think it ends up breaking for Mike Norvell and the Seminoles?
3: Go ahead, bud. All right. I'm, oh, I'm going- Tom, don't do it to me. This is this is not
4: a bet for me. Um, I, I think, honestly, any kind of model you use, even if you account for the transfers, it's probably going to put you between four and seven wins as I think it should. Um, I can't really see them winning more than seven. I have a hard time seeing them win less than four. So it's not a bet. The transfers you need to know. Some of the coaches on this team think that Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end they got from Georgia, uh, is the best player on the team. Maybe the best player on the team by a lot. Uh, Dan Lanning, the UGA DC, is, is good buddies with Mike Norvell. So he personally vouched for him, and FSU went all in. Going after the kid. You know, what is McKenzie Milton? He came from that, that you know, kind of Baylor-ish system they were running at UCF in his last year. He used to be able to run. Can he run now? I don't think Jordan Travis is out of the QB race, but I still think they will use him quite a bit. Um, but yet, generally, teams do find a way to make a bowl. Like It is difficult for me to go under five, under five and a half, unless I have real good information to do so. Uh, so I'm going to bet on them finding a way to make a bowl. Basically, the way they do that is they they find a way to go three and one in some of their toss up type games, or maybe one of Florida, UNC, Miami, Notre Dame is not quite as good as we think they are right now, and they're able to pull one of those. I do think this will be a better team. Like last year, it was like 88th in SP plus. You know, if it can get to 50th or you know ish given all the, the college experience they brought in via the transfer portal, I think they could find a way to make a bowl, but it's not what I'm rushing to bet, which should tell you my confidence in this. Like they could easily go four and eight.
3: Danny, Daniel, I am, I'm going to go with my heart and go with the emotional play. So this is not a, this is not a recommendation of what you should do with your money. I'm going to take the over. I've spent too much time around Norvell. I was in Tallahassee. I've bought into what he's selling, but I'll give you why I think it's foolish to take the over. (laughs) Like I'm all in. I'll be rooting for him. What Bud alluded to just a second ago when he said, Jordan, Travis is not out of the race. I got that feeling as well when I was there and that makes me nervous. Like, I, I think there's a chance you could see two quarterbacks playing early this season for the Seminoles. And I am a believer that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I think it's imperative that they figure out which one is going to be the guy, you know, by week two. Or actually I say week three because they have Notre Dame. They're probably going to play both. Jacksonville State, maybe you play both, but one of them has to separate so that you have your guy. And I feel like it's a really tricky situation because I feel like everyone loves Mackenzie Milton. Great story, great leadership. What he brings in the off season is really critical. Jordan Travis though might be more talented. He's definitely a more talented runner. He's definitely healthier, but he's been limited as a passer. But all I heard from the Florida state staff was man, you see Jordan Travis throwing it this year and didn't get to meet with us last year. And, you know, we've had a whole off season. Now there was a lot of, positivity surrounding Jordan Travis, which made me say, all right, one of two things like either Mackenzie Milton still coming along in the system, or they're worried about his health still, which I think is a valid concern. So I'm worried about the quarterback position, but I think there are two good options, but I don't want to see a revolving door. And then you want the optimism or you want the past? The schedule is really the significance for me. Like it is a gauntlet, but I'm going to take the over cause I do feel like this team will fight I think you could see a surprise. I mean, last year, as bad as it was, they found a way to beat UNC, who was a top five team. Now that was at home. It's hard to peg, but I think there's a surprise win in there somewhere. You know, like I think there's a like I, I think there's a chance they could beat Notre Dame at home and still be around the six win total. Like I just think it could be a really a bumpy ride for Florida State. Now we'll have to do our locks. I don't know, that's not a saying, hey, take the upset now. But Notre Dame breaking a new quarterback. They got issues too. It's at home. There's going to be a great atmosphere. But I am the team. I think what Bud hit on is the team is going to be better. They're going to be better coached. They're going to be more familiar with the system. But as I prep for this Florida state team, I'm like the offensive line is still a question. And this is the fourth or fifth year. It's been a question, but for the first time in that window, they've had the same offensive line coach. So hopefully some stability there helps that position as well.
0: I think NC State is better. And I think that there is not enough of a separation against a Louisville or a Boston College for me to definitively say that they will win them both. I'm under. I've got them five and 7 i We've got Jacksonville State, Wake Forest, Louisville, Syracuse, UMass. losses, Notre Dame, UNC, Clemson, NC State, Miami, at BC, at Florida. And... If that Notre Dame game happens, boom, flipped it. Like the way that I'm looking at the season and breaking it down, if Florida State beats Notre Dame, that's a 6-6 and team that's going to be bowling, and that would be awesome. I mean, you really could be able to swallow uh, whatever happens against your biggest division rivals, against your biggest conference rival, and against your biggest rival overall, uh, Clemson, Miami, and Florida. Whatever happens in that game, if you've got a Notre Dame win in your pocket, you're cushy. You're just trying to make sure that you take care of business against everybody else. But I, as I break it down, I actually I've got this thing at five and seven. I'm going under.
1: Under. I mean, this is like Florida State was not a it was not a turnkey house. It's not like Mike Norvell just bought it, moves in, and everything's ready to go. Like this is this is a rehab. This is a gut. This is going to take some time. And I feel like 2020 was just a very strange year, which I don't really think a lot of what you need to get done speeds up the process so i think it kind of slows the process down even further and i think while there's signs obviously of two to be optimistic in the future because like if you look at the recruiting rankings right now fsu's got the number one class in the acc and it's probably not going to finish any lower than third when all the smoke and dust clears but man this is this was not a good team last year it was a team with a lot of problems a team with a lot of flaws that i don't think have been addressed in one off season it's a team with a re- ridiculously difficult schedules we mentioned the very top five top 15 teams on there you know and they're they're all spread out so it's like there's really nowhere to run and hide and rest for a little bit so you don't get that opportunity and also the other thing too like when we look at this team last season it's not just that it was zero and four on the road it's that it was zero and four on the road and got its butt kicked by every game, everybody it played on the road so like you That to me is never a sign of a team that is close to taking that kind of step forward. I think when you're losing closely on the road, you could be like, okay, they're getting there. I think that could be the year for Florida State where maybe we start seeing improvements in the results there that give us more optimism heading into 2022. But right now for 2021, I got five and seven.
0: How many games are going to win this fall? And we bring the ACC Atlantic and the ACC to a conclusion with the Syracuse Orange. The over-under at William Hill is three. I couldn't find it this morning on the board. I've still got old notes. Is three the number everyone's working with here?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, three with a twenty-five to the over.
0: Okay. Um, I think I'm pushed to over. I've got it coming out three and nine. So I'll, I will say over for our purposes, but... Uh, I'll, I'll set the stage there by saying that I'm willing to buy it. Did y'all have y'all heard like Dino Babers talk about everything that happened and how, you know, the experienced guys all got hurt or got COVID or opted out. And so they had to play basically all true freshmen and red shirt freshmen. And so at the end of the season and in spring ball, the true freshmen and the red shirt freshmen were kind of banged up. And a lot of them had to, you know, be missing time during spring. So the veterans came out. So the Dino Babers sell on why to believe in Syracuse is that we've got these old guys and a whole bunch of super seniors that should have lost eligibility that say they want to come back who are trying to, you know, have a a reversal of everything that's gone wrong since that 10 win season that they experienced. And then you've got all these young guys that to hear Dino tell it learned how hard it is to win in the ACC and like baptism by fire type stuff and he is selling that all of these things come together and we get better Syracuse football in 2021. I will buy all of that, but I will buy all of that to a point. And so that point is like four wins. So I'll go over three.
1: Not, I'm not coming with you under under this is, this is a very difficult team to handicap because as you were just going over. It's like, the Syracuse team last year was playing with such strange roster It was the JV that, team. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you can't take too much away from what you saw and be like, well, that's who they are. Because it's not. They're going to be better. The question is just, okay, well, how much better is their varsity team compared to their junior varsity team? And I go back to 2019, which was the last time we had a real good sample of what Syracuse was supposed to be. And they were coming off that 10 win season. They were ranked hot. You know, they were ranked to begin the year they finished five and seven. And it wasn't just that they were five and seven, just, you know, they were there. There weren't many close losses. All the losses were pretty big. And then that leads into what happened with that team last season. So I just don't see a lot of reason to be optimistic, That said, with getting a fully healthy team back, this is a team that should improve. This is a very low total. So I'm not actually going to bet it, but I would take the under before I took the over just because I look at the schedule and it's like at Ohio, that should be winnable for Syracuse, but I can't guarantee it. Rutgers, I think Rutgers is better than Syracuse. So even at home, I'm not giving them that win. Albany, fine. But Liberty, Liberty could beat Syracuse even if Syracuse is full strength because Liberty has shown it is a tough team and it's, you know, had a couple tough games against ACC games last year. So I'm I'm going under, I'm not feeling great about it. This is mostly a stay away from me. I'm going over here.
4: I I like it quite a bit. Um, the, the push protection here is something that is really quite valuable to me. So this is mostly an exercise in figuring out what is more likely for me, four and two, or, you know, four plus wins or, or only two wins. Um, I feel pretty good about Syracuse's ability to go two and two in the non-conference. Right, that's basically Albany plus one of Rutgers, Ohio, and Liberty, Uh, and I think they can get one at home against Wake, Boston College, or Pitt. Uh, I I have this at you know like what twenty like twenty eight percent at four better, but like only fourteen percent at two or worse, so. For me, that's a bet. It's not that I like this team. I don't. I just think this is a little bit too low, and it's, in my opinion, a bit of an overreaction to what we had last year. So I'll I'm take with over.
3: Bud. I'm with Bud on the over. Um, it makes me nervous though that Dino this Babers pod is
1: electric.
3: Yeah, uh, it makes me a little bit nervous um, that Dino Babers' his belief in this system comes back to a philosophy when he said. 3 is a strong number in the Bible, the trinity and everything else. Maybe it will repeat itself in year 3 because in year 3 of his tenure, they went 10 and 3 and then he said 5 and 7, 1 and 10 and so he's like the number 3 is back. That doesn't like even as a Christian, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm buying into the number the, the number theory here, but I'm more with Bud as and all of you guys have alluded to this. I think Syracuse had one of the outside of the Big 10 and the Pac 12 like playing in a conference where they were a little bit more open and liberal in their policies, Syracuse did not have the same footing. They were under much harsher restrictions. They had much stiffer, uh, you know, uh, issues to deal with. And I think it impacted their product on the field. So I think last year was more of an anomaly. And I think the three is more of a reaction to what we saw last year. So I'm going to take the over as well. Although, Again, it's hard. I think a three and zero start is almost imperative, and then you're playing with house money, and then I think you're still like sweating it out to the end. Like, man, can we get this win? But I'll take the home games that Bud alluded to, that are probably they'll be dogs in, but maybe you get that Dino Babers fire, still competitive. And I don't think last year was a team where they quit on him. I think it was a year when they quit on everything. You know, I don't think it was a, an Good indictment on, on Dino Babers. Yeah, exactly. Point. You had players
4: <laughs> questioning if they should play. Yeah. Right. In exactly. Which
3: is which is not an indictment on Dino Babers. It was what they were dealing with. So I think that's why it's more of an anomaly. In fact, I do think this team responds to his – I mean, shoot, we respond to Dino on this podcast. I think his players do too. So I think this will be a, a much better year than last year. One yeah, quick
4: thing here. Tom bet under on FSU – but also bet under on six of FSU's eight ACC opponents. Mm. So he likes them to go under, but he doesn't like them to go under because of FSU beating them.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, so what's the what's the answer to that riddle? Is it non-con?
1: Uh, Probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You got some tough yep. non-con opponents on this schedule?
1: I mean Yeah. If, if FSU had an easier non-con, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got them going over. But with Florida and Notre Dame on there, it's like, Jesus. <laughs> hmm. What if, what if it's Florida?
0: That would be hilarious. Oh, that would be hilarious. Florida, especially, Florida especially. to punch the bowl ticket too, right at the end of the Ooh. year.
4: Oh man. D- Dan Molan announces going to the jets. And- yep.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We will be back in your feed to get your weekend started right with the pac 12 North wind totals. Oregon Ducks, Washington Huskies, the rest of the division, how we see it uh, shaken out from the regular season win totals. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Finelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.